Hi, everyone, and welcome to Vanderpump Rules Party. I'm Holly Borges. I'm Ronnie Borges. And I'm Chad. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to all you and your families. Yeah, we just wanted to jump on here. We're just doing a quick intro to Sarah's podcast that she did. This is actually a Patreon, and it's so good that she wanted to share it with everybody. This is about um, Salt Lake. Um, But we just wanted to jump on and check in with you guys and say what's going on. Yes. So what's new, Ronnie? Um, Well, I'm super excited for Christmas. and It's currently Christmas Eve morning here in California. I don't know what it is for you guys. Yeah. And and like, and what's the temperature where you are? We're going to put a post in the Facebook group and Ronnie's going to chart and see what the temperature is where all of you guys live. Let's, let's see what our temperature is right now. Let's look on our weather app. Here we go. In Orange County, we it is currently, we, it is 59, 59 degrees. Yes. Okay, so, and our high today is 73. So, I'm going to put, like I said, I'm going to put that post in the group, and we'll see what it is. Um, Ronnie, what what are you excited for for Christmas? Like, what are you hoping to get? I'm hoping to get, like, a lot of, like, skincare. And I've actually been wanting these, like, slippers. And, you know, um, yesterday... (laughs) I got like a side table that I've been really wanting for a really long time. So, yeah. She wants these slippers, you guys, with a little happy face on them. They're like super preppy. Stop. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. So we're super excited. We're going to see family. We're, we have three stops for the... Yes. Well, we did one last night. Yes. We hosted at our house. And then we have three stops. And that's it. Oh, yeah. so hope you guys all have the best christmas and um thank you so much to everyone who's been sounding off about receiving um your giveaway stuff from us that's so awesome and yeah so merry christmas and enjoy sarah's episode about salt lake and happy hanukkah um kwanzaa kwanzaa happy new New year Year. yeah everything happy uh, merry everything and lunar lunar new (gasps) year oh yeah okay and I hope you have all of those great times. May, may you enjoy time with your family and get everything you asked for from Santa. You've got a lot of bass in your voice today. I know. I've been working on that. <laughs> I've been working on my, my podcast voice. That's like that's like Tom Schwartz's stick. He always says that. Like, how do I sound? Um, yeah, I change it up. In real life, I, my voice is like really high. Chad, when are you coming back on the pod? Soon. I mean, like uh, over Christmas break. Yes, and we always do that at Christmas break okay. or some sort of like holiday break. So holler at tradition. us, you guys. Okay, everybody, have the best time. Bye. 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 Merry Bye-bye. Christmas. Bye. Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome back to Vanderpump Rules Party Podcast Patreon Edition. I am Sarah C. Coming to you to talk some Salt Lake City. Man. All right. Well, since it is a snowy franchise, I need to tell you guys I just like plowed through several massive snow drifts and whatnot. It is effing cold. It's like minus a lot. <laughs> 
they said in some parts minus 50 with the wind chill, but like technically like minus 11 and shit. I just had to go into town quickly after the guy plowed because I only had a short window before the blizzard winds kicked over all the snow back onto the driveway. Um, so I had to race and then I'm not leaving the house again until I leave the state. I think that's the plan. If you want to see what I'm dealing with on my Instagram, Sarah C O C it's S A R A H C E E O C. I posted some pictures and on the Vanderpump rules party Instagram, I posted a video of me driving up my driveway and you can see what I'm dealing with. So I hope all of you are either having a winter wonderland, but like not quite as extreme as this um, and traveling safe to wherever you're going for the holidays. And for those of you that are not and are working, Oh, I was thinking about this because like I saw the snowplow driver in town and I was like, Oh my God, these guys like don't get a break, like up all night, most the coldest time of year. I'm like then really thinking about all the people that have to work and keep the world functioning when we're all like stuffing our face. So I feel bad. I took a moment. I was like, mm, okay, you know what? You're fucking lucky. So snow drifts and all. All right, let's talk Salt Lake because the shit was crazy. Oh my God. Okay, so it starts off and you know what? This little flashback segment that they did, fine. But they went on way too long with that shit. It was like the first 15 minutes of the show. Okay, we don't need to flash back the entire season. You know, it was a little ridiculous. Let's just get to it. Move it along. So really drug that out a little bit too much. So then they kind of pat, uh, pan to the morning. Jen gets up. She's carrying a portable fan. I'm not sure what that's about. If like she's so hungover. Like, she's hot, or if she's, like, having, like, hot flashes. I don't know. I know people that carry around those personal fans for that reason. Um, she runs into Meredith in the hallway, and then she gets summoned to go see Heather. And what I'm assuming Heather is in the guest house, because how else do they, like, have a refrigerator, freezer? Like, Jen's like, you need some ice on that. And she, like, hold on turns around, goes into the freezer, which is conveniently right there in her room. And then also what I found very convenient is there was like an eye gel patch or something or a gel patch that, you know, that you would use to ice an injury. Like, isn't that handy that that happened to be right there? Like, don't you think that's a little convenient? Like it's an, it's a rented house. Usually, the freezers and fridges are empty. They're not going to have some like injury ice packs on the reg, you know? So seems like that scene was a little recreated, a little manufactured and like how else did they have that ice patch? And also, you know, later as the lady say, how did you randomly have an eye patch with you? Like who travels with that? Like I got a lot of random stuff in my house, you know, like I actually had an eye patch in my room, um, but I'm talking my house. So like 
when Michaela realized it was like pirate day at school the day of, she's like, oh my gosh, I don't have anything like piratey for my kid. I feel so bad. I'm like, hold on. I do. I've got a pirate eye patch because, you know, I used it for Peter. Um, so sometimes we do have those things, but do I travel with it? No. Why would I bring it on a trip to San Diego? It's like, that's weird. So I don't know. This whole thing just seems a little convenient. Um, my theory, I did put this on Instagram too. I pretty much think that Heather is alluding to things to create a storyline. She knows it'll center around her. She knows it'll be, ooh, get a lot of people talking and conspiring. And she's not saying who because she can't um, because it didn't happen. You know, she's got scratches on her arms. Lisa asks, would you have scratches on your back too? Or Meredith asks, and she says, yes. Well, you know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like you fell in a fucking bush like Luann. That would scratch your up, scratch up your arm. That would scratch up your back. You could have hit the corner of something on your way down and give you that eye thing. I also put on Instagram a comparison timeline of when you do um, when you do fall and like hit your eye or whatever. Um, I mean, that's what happened to me, and it looked exactly like Heather's, but not that quickly. Now, if we look at the footage, it said 4.50 a.m. So 5 a.m. was when, the, like, three of the ladies left Heather's room. And then they show them in the morning, like, little, you know, having coffee. And we know it's the morning because they get ready. Then they go go-kart driving. Then they go roller skating and wine tasting. Um, so that's a lot to do in a day. So we know they're up in the morning. So we're talking over a couple hours span here. So for Heather not to remember, you would have to be that blackout drunk. And if you're that blackout drunk, you wouldn't be up in within a couple of hours and like perky, like she was pretty chipper and she had makeup on, you know, like she looked fine, but it just doesn't turn that color that quickly, that bright pink, purple, black, that doesn't happen in two hours. That doesn't happen in four hours. What happens is it immediately swells. In her case, it almost looked like the swelling went down a little bit. Like mine was like swollen and then kind of eventually swole so much it closed my eye. And then it wasn't for a day, almost two days later, where it turned colors. Um, so I don't think that anything happened. I think whatever happened, happened before. She fell earlier in the evening, hit hits her eye on something, and it had time to do that. Um, I've heard other, you know, things like maybe it's a reaction to an um, injection. So who knows? But to imply, make those implications, those loaded implications, allegations, but then like not follow through, super dangerous, not fair or safe to the other cast members. Like, wouldn't you want to know if you're sleeping with a psycho that like randomly punches people like your own friends? Um, so if that's the case, I think it should be said. Um, also, why don't you check the hands of all the castmates? You know, to do that kind of 
damage would probably hurt the person's hand that punched. You know, it would be red or swollen or bruised. Um, or their arms would also be scratched because I'm assuming if you're getting scratches and a black eye, you're not just laying there. You're probably fighting back or self-defending. So the other person probably has a little bit of markings. So why don't you just check everybody? Makes sense to me. This whole thing just seems like a desperation plot. Like, if you're really protecting someone, you say, I fell. Or, you know what? I don't know. I drink too much. You don't elude and then act all elusive. It's it's dangerous territory to do, you know, making allegations. We all know what we all do. We make judgments and assessments and, like, finger point. And this... That's not a cool thing to do, Heather. So either zip it altogether. Don't be all coy. Like, I think what she's doing, she does this a lot, is she plays this victim, but then it's like, I'm not, oh, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to sweep it under the carpet because she thinks she's like a martyr or a saint for doing so. Um, but it's really just like that desperate attempt to get attention and have people coddle her. Tell her, it's okay, Heather. Oh, you're so brave. Oh, you're such a loyal friend. You're not telling. Even when you were hurt and you're a victim, you're so, you're such a saint. Oh, look at you keeping it to yourself. You don't want to cause any drama for anybody. Like, that's just passive aggressive martyr dumb shit. And I see right through it. You know, yes, it would make sense if it was like Jen did it and she was protecting Jen given the situation. Jen certainly doesn't need violence right now when she's about to get sentenced. Um, but why would she call Jen in then for immediate assistance? Unless she's like, hey, we got to come up with a story as in we did this, so we got to fix it, you know, perhaps. But that's really not the direction it, <sighs> it seemed to take. It seemed like, you know, there was implications that could be Whitney or Lisa. I mean, I don't know, but I just think it's gross. And now I don't think she's thinking this all the way through. And I think she just, she's stuck in that thing of, I'm so brave and so loyal and such a good person because I'm sweeping these things, you know, under the carpet. That's what I do. I bottle up, I protect everybody, but it's like, it's the opposite. That's not protecting anybody. And in fact, it's just your way of seeking attention from people and telling you, oh, what a good person you are. Because she clearly thrives on that, like that, that she needs. So, yeah. So check the, the hands and the arms of every other castmate is my advice. And stop saying things like, I don't know what happened. And then in the next line, say, well, I mean, we all know, but I won't say. And then producers are like, well, you said you didn't know. Oh, I didn't say that. I said I didn't remember. Oh, I didn't say that. I said, I'm not going to tell. Why doesn't someone else tell? And then I can tell. And it's just like, all right, so you're saying it's someone else's story. Which is it? <sighs> it's dumb. <laughs> So moving on, we have Whitney talking to, um, to Lisa, saying she thinks Meredith is like a puppet master. 
trying to turn people against Lisa. And you know what? I actually agree now because Meredith is always like, move on or never talk about family or husbands or children or job businesses. And yet that's all she's doing. And my take is Meredith has every right to be mad at Lisa and not forgive her. I mean, she said some horrible things, so just don't forgive her. But instead you keep having these scenes of, okay, let's move forward. Let's move on. I'll see. And then you flip on her two seconds later, like then just say, you don't forgive her and say, I don't want to be friends with you. Enough of this back and forth shit. It's like, you know, Lisa's like, yes, what Lisa did was horrible, but Exactly. You either have to not forgive or move on. So pick one. It's kind of like, you know, when your partner cheats on you and then you decide to stay together. Yes, you're allowed to be mad and hold a grudge, but at some point you have to let it go. You made your choice to stay. So you can't use that over the person's head forever and ever. Right. You you know, maybe for a little while, but it's not fair to do it 15 years later. And I don't know. So Meredith's, you know, bring up you know, like alluding that John has no job, that they're, she's dissing their business, um, saying it's like bankrupt. She's saying Lisa cheats. Um, and then Meredith denies it all. She's just like a shady bitch that like throws these little like fishing lures out there and waits for someone to bite and then repeat it. And yeah, it's, she's a hypocrite. All I'm saying So, and this is coming from someone that didn't care for Lisa in the past, but she has pushed me to be Team Lisa. So, you made your bad, Meredith. Okay, why are they going roller skating in long, flowy pants, especially when they all say they're not sure how well they're going to roller skate? Like, I would be freaking out, like, my long, flowy pants would be, like, catching under the wheels. And they looked very close to that. Like, weird outfit choice for that. And also weird that they chose wine tasting when they were all partying all night till, like, 5 in the morning. Someone gets a black eye. Clearly, y'all weren't that blackout drunk if you're able to go wine tasting the next day. I mean, perhaps if they can roll that way. I'm, I can go till 5 in the morning, but I'm dead the next day. There's not a drop of alcohol going into my body that next day and the day after either, but certainly not wine tasting. I'll tell you that much. Okay. So, oh, and then here, here's another theory. So Lisa was saying Jen came into her room topless and like jumped on her on the bed and was like shoving her boobs in Lisa's face you know what? If that bitch did that to me, I would be scratching the fuck out of them. I would be pushing them off me and probably scratching. Um, so maybe, and you know, there was a scene in last week when I saw Heather, wasn't she doing it to Whitney? Might've been Jen. It's hard to tell because they all had the wigs on, but I, there was a scene where I saw Heather on top of someone on the bed, like kind of doing that same shit. Um, they were all doing that kind of shit. Yeah, you could get scratched in that process. So that's probably, you know, I think that's probably what happened. So again, we have producers taunt or Heather taunting producers. 
Um, they're like, so you're saying you do know um, how you got it? And she's like, well, what does it look like? Um, she's like, but I'm just going to shut down and not talk about it. And there's the wannabe martyr, passive, aggressive, manipulative Heather Gay that we have come to know, needing that affirmation from people. And she's like, you know, us women, we're tough. I'm just going to work through the pain. We're women of grit. It's like, again, you know, like, oh, you're so strong, Heather. You're so brave. Um, It actually takes more strength and uh, bravery to actually back up claims you're making. Um, That's a far braver statement to make is say, look, this person did this to me. Mm, Let's talk about it. I'll forgive them, but it's bullshit. Or, you know, don't just make these. I don't know. I want to say allegations, but I was like alluding, so it's like alludigations. <laughs> um, and yeah, the others deserve to feel safe. So if it is a real thing, but I don't think it is a real thing. I think she fucking fell. I think she pulled a Lou Ann. All right, back to skating. So I think they need knee pads before they need helmets. I mean, they're not going. They're going down the boardwalk and pretty slow. Um you're much more likely to fall and fall on your knees and your hands than straight onto your head. Just my advice from a former roller derby queen. Um, but, but Okay, speaking of helmets, so they're on the go-karts. Why do the passengers need um, not need a helmet, but all the drivers are wearing helmets? Like, that makes zero sense. You're on the same seat at the same level. Like, What? That was very bizarre. I need to find out. I need to go to the go-kart place in San Diego and find this out. Maybe Holly and I can rent one and recreate this scene. That sounds like f- kind of fun. But you know what? Like That thing should be like around Coronado. Like not cruising the city streets of San Diego. Like That's a busy metropolis. So I'm not sure where they rented it. But I'm going to find out and look into it. You know, that's something you do on a little island town. So maybe it was. I don't know. I'll find out. Um, okay, Angie K needs to lay off the Sheena Shea season one eyeliner. Recognize it's dated. It's aging. Makes her look older than she is. It's so thick. It's like, and they're like, it's like broad daylight in the middle of a sunny afternoon in San Diego. I'm like, You know, you might just, you know, I said this about Jen Shaw. When Jen Shaw does that heavy, heavy eye a lot too, and it makes her look so much older. So the other night when she did the Hawaiian Polynesian look, she didn't have that under eye makeup, um, eyeliner. Uh, She looked at least 10 years younger. So Angie K, just a little advice. You know, doesn't Sheena look younger now than she did in like season one and two and three? Just saying. So Lisa explains that the SEC filing, crowdfunding, blah, 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 that was all for a different product. It was not Vita Tequila. They have several different lines and products, and it was for that product, not Vita Tequila, which makes sense to me. But who cares? It's like, you're all looking into, like, everybody's businesses and finances. Like, are you jealous or insecure? You're trying to 
tear someone down and be like, she's a fraud. She's a fake. Like we all found out like who that really is. It's Jen Shaw who, you know, rents all of her houses, all of her bags turned out to be counterfeit handbags and shoes and jewelry. It's like, maybe it takes a fake and a fraud to look for a fake and a fraud. And Meredith, you're a renter also. Um, no shame on that. That's how I roll. I like to keep my options open and I get it. But also a little weird, especially kind of where you live. You know, it's not like you're in New York city or San Francisco. A little strange for Salt Lake. Just going to say. All right. So Meredith and Jen, why are they trying to look like little girls? Like Meredith's got the little brats. Jen has the like high braid braids ponies but with like pom-poms in her hair and like bejeweled bedazzled hair like you're you're going wine tasting it's, it's kind of weird like maybe if they were going roller skating that would actually fit better so then lisa finds out that meredith is talking about her family her business She's like, she accused me of having mental health issues. She's like, I'm not the one that pops pills. You do. I'm like, hey, no shame in that. and No shame in mental health issues. But I also understand you shouldn't use that, wave that term around like a weapon. Like it's a bad thing. Like she should have said you have personality issues and maybe you should talk to a therapist about it. I don't know. I mean, I do think Lisa is quite self-absorbed and you know, I mean, quite is putting it lightly, but, you know, Meredith is just a whole other level of hypocrisy and problematic, I think. So they all get back from their day activities. It's almost 9 p.m. and they have to have their Greek dinner, but first, what do they have to do? They have to get glam, of course, because don't you just spe- like hire a mic- makeup artist and a hairstylist and sit in a chair for two to three hours and get glam to go sit outside a house with your girlfriends and have dinner? Yeah, that's exactly what I do every weekend. So dumb. And on a hangover day, like, oh my God, a hangover day, I'm like, oh, it's five o'clock. It's dark now. I can go to bed. I know it's only five o'clock, but darkness means it's appropriate to go to bed. I'm not, yeah, I don't know how they're doing it. (sighs) So what happens now? So Lisa, this is when Lisa and Whitney are like, who carries an eye patch around? So seems suspicious. Definitely. Um, think it is Heather again. I don't want to talk about it. Jen had it. That's all I'm going to say. Why did Jen have it? Did they plot this whole storyline? Did Heather get an injection and knew this was going to happen, but it just didn't show? So her and Jen plotted this whole thing. And Jen's like, I'll bring an eye patch. I don't know. Just saying. It's kind of weird to bring that along on a trip. Why is Jen wearing that wig? It's like pulled down like to half her face. It's just a little weird. Um, I love when Lisa and 
Meredith start yelling at the table. And Lisa, like, breaks into Meredith accent mode. And she's like, yes, why don't you tell me? Like, almost throwing in a little UK in there. And I'm like, I love that, like, she did that. It's like, yeah, Meredith, you do talk. I don't know. It's annoying. Meredith does the Dorit thing, you know? But we've all come to like Dorit. It's part of her charm. It took some getting used to, right? But Meredith, you're not charming like that yet. And you're not likable. So you sound annoying. What else is annoying is Meredith, like, saying to Lisa, you you endangered, I can't even do it, Seth's job, but not just about Seth, 4,000 employees you put in jeopardy because of your words. It's like, how? I'm sorry, how? Because your husband can't keep a job. How did that put 4,000 employees' jobs in jeopardy? Um, that's a stretch. Like, A, I don't think any one person in a company has that much power, but if they do, it's like the CEO or the CFO or, um, it's it's not Seth, like, director of sales. I don't know. It's, if someone has that much power or effect, well, that's dangerous to the business anyways. But come on. You, your husband was embarrassed on Bravo TV, and that's going to get, like, 4,000 people out of work. I don't think so. And then the other thing Meredith doubles down on is, like, it's not just a, it's not just about the hot mic moment. She didn't call me when my dad died. Like, she probably did. She's just probably saying, like, with within whatever time. I don't know. Who knows? But that's fine. Be mad about that. Be mad about the hot mic moment. Totally on your side with that. But then in the same group as dad dying and horrible hot mic moment against you and your family, you put in, and she, not only did she do that, she canceled my makeup artist during a global pandemic. It's like, really? You're putting that in the same category as your dad dying and being humiliated. <laughs> um, that's a little weird. And how is one person responsible for canceling another person's makeup artist? Like, are you trying to say Lisa like sabotaged you? Like she called up the makeup artist uh, because also during the pandemic, you guys were best friends. You were sisters. Remember? You're sisters. Everyone thinks you look alike, too. Um, why would she call up a makeup artist and be like, you're doing glam for Meredith. I don't want her to look good. You must cancel. I will pay you to cancel. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, obviously something happened, but it, was, it sounds like a miscommunication or like misunderstanding. I don't see anyone unless it's like your mortal enemy and you're like, this will be a great joke. You know, like you ever think about like canceling someone's hotel or, you know what I mean? Like, hi, this is Susan calling on behalf of John Barlow. Um, I This is his assistant and we need to cancel his hotel reservation. Like, you know, I don't, why would Lisa do that to Meredith? They were friends. So <laughs> I don't know. Pretty stupid. 
and then to be arguing over the word rant or tirade. Like, this is where I got to say, Lisa, just throw her a bone and be like, fine, tirade. There's really not much difference between a rant or a tirade. And if you're going to like, you got to give in a little bit. You got to acquiesce a little bit, you know? So just be like, all right, fine, tirade. It was a tirade. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Just own something. I don't know, just annoying. So then, you know, again, a final scene of production. Producers trying to get Heather to talk about it. And she's like, so they're like, so you're not going to say, you, you're just saying you don't remember. I never said I don't remember. I just said I don't want to talk about it. It's the first rule of Fight Club. I'm like, oh, oh okay, Heather, because you're in Fight Club. Like, what does that even fucking mean? Like, if you're going to protect physical abuse, then you're fucked up. If you're going to make allegations of someone physically abusing you that didn't, that's fucked up. If you're going to protect, if someone did abuse you, fucked up. If you're going to lie and pretend and create a storyline, fucked up. Like, this is a lose-lose. Like, just fucking say it. And it, you said, you've already said too much, so you can't go back and say, I don't know. I blacked out. I truly don't remember. You know, you, you, ha- you had to go with that or you have to see what happened. Because any other option in the middle is a really fucked up thing to do as a human and part of society. Like, you cannot protect this shit and then pretend you're being like a loyal martyr. It's fucked up. You're encouraging this behavior. You're propelling it. You're sustaining it. I don't know. I don't know. So I guess we'll see. Seems like she's still not talking. So I think this is just something she wanted to capitalize on, maximize for storyline. So we'll see where it goes and what comes up next. All right, you guys have a great holiday. And... Holly and I are going to come back with some Miami and some other stuff. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.